This is The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Good morning, it's John Moore. This is The Breakfast Wrap for Thursday, February 23rd. Winter storm warning is over. We've had some significant accumulation, but it does seem to be behind us. There will still be some periods of freezing drizzle or ice pellets today. The high plus one degree. Here are the five things you need to know. Number one, Toronto now digging out after a February snow dump. Number two, Go Transit working on a reduced schedule this morning. Number three, numbers confirm a spike in violence on the TTC. Number four, Brampton Mayor Patrick Brown decries Hindu temple vandalism. And number five, former Toronto Police Chief Mark Saunders now said to be mulling a mayoral run. The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Well, that's an exuberant start to the show. Might as well. Listen, it's 5.07, and I know the first thing in your mind, if you haven't already left the house and hit the road, and I'm always mindful of the fact that I look up at the monitors and the traffic cams, and there are plenty of people already on the roads at this hour, so you're already quite experienced at what the road conditions are. But there are a lot of other people perhaps curled up underneath a uh, duvet thinking, okay, do I really need to get into this? Um, We're going to check in with Lisa Morales uh, momentarily to get a real update on the road conditions. But having done a quick sounding of all of the crew who work on Moore in the morning, including myself, it's a little slippy. I fishtailed a tiny bit. But honestly, it seems like the snow came off the table a couple of hours ago. It takes about two and a half hours for a single pass of plows on all of the Toronto roadways. And certainly Avenue Road, for example, which I came down, was in pretty good shape. The sidewalks on Richmond Street were completely cleared and bare. So I think that in terms of timing, we're in a pretty good spot where we've had a chance to get on top of whatever snow came down. And also, we're still awaiting snow totals. I sent a text a couple of minutes ago to our friend Bill Coulter, meteorologist at CP24, and I said, okay, what's the totals? Um, They're still taking the measure. But Midtown, where I got up and left this morning and walked down the staircase uncleared, I'd say it was probably about maybe 8 to 12 centimeters of snow. So we're not waking up to a major crisis. However, it is notable that uh, GO Transit apparently is running on a somewhat reduced schedule, buses and trains. So you might want to check that out uh, before you leave. But what you're facing is if your car is outdoors, and boy, do I miss the days when I had a garage because I had to clear off the car this morning, but I was able to do it with a broom. It's the kind of dry snow without ice. Now, of course, this all depends on where you are. Maybe you're waking up on, you know, young in Eglinton instead of young in St. Clair, and you're saying, dude, I had to break out the scraper. Um, But in in my case, I was able to brush everything off with a broom, didn't have to break out the, the scraper at all, and then away we went. So 
Lisa is ready. Okay, good mm. morning, Hi, Lisa John. Morales. Okay, so how are we doing? I, I, I've been giving a bit of a picture here where, in my experience, it, was, it wasn't it was so bad, but then you come in from Caledon. Yes, I do, which yeah. some people have a problem. <laughs> I, I had a few messages the other day. They're like, you don't have to let us know every day that you come in from Caledon. The reason I say it is because it's perspective, right? Like yeah. you live down in sort of midtown, downtown. I live in Caledon and two very different weather systems very sometimes, so. right? Kieran lives in Brampton exactly. and has to drive to Scarborough. So I, I don't know why people get exercised it's okay. about that stuff. It does not phase me, John, but here we are. And yeah, you know, it, it was a bit of a dicey morning. I was up at uh, quarter to two. Normally I, I wake up at 2.10. So definitely gave myself some extra drive time. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, the fact that you might encounter roads that haven't been treated yet. Or, uh, you know, you just want to drive a little slower. You're definitely not going to drive up to speed today. It's not one of those mornings. We're still dealing with some icy conditions, some areas that still have yet to be treated with, you know, snow plows or salt. Um, and I also found that even though they've done some pre-treating yesterday, I know the briners and salters were out, sort of the, the less volume there is, the salt doesn't activate the same way. So, you know, there might be salt on the roads, but you won't find any track bear conditions because there aren't enough vehicles to sort of activate that salt and give right. it that traction. Um, so definitely one of those mornings where extra time, extra care will be needed. We don't have any major closures at the moment. That's the good news. But certainly, you know, vehicles driving too fast, spinning out, some single lane issues. In other areas, we are dealing with issues that are blocking a couple of other lanes, but no major red flags at the moment uh, where I've been checking. Good stuff. Thanks a lot. Good to have you. Cheers. Okay, Lisa Morales is going to be back at 5.15, but we thought we'd do a special with her. And I don't know why people object to, uh, you know, personal information. Sometimes I just think it's sort of reflexive. You're a bitter, angry person, so you just can't stand anybody talking about something. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we were talking to Adam Zivo, who writes for the National Post and is in Ukraine. And he's going to be with us tomorrow as we observe the first anniversary of the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. But he talked about his boyfriend. Somebody says, nobody talks about their boyfriend. Why would somebody talk about their boyfriend? I don't know. Ten minutes later, Maureen Holloway was talking about her husband. That didn't seem to make anybody angry. So everybody, you know what? There's no reason why you need to be angry about anything. I tend to be uh, a fairly, what, take it as it comes kind of guy. And so I just, I don't know, you know, the text board, which I pay less and less attention to, is just full of people who obviously sit up in bed and are like, what do I hate now? So, and you know what, if you want to send a nice message, you could do that at 71010. So um, Vince Sfraza who is the director of operations and maintenance for the city of Toronto, which basically means he cleans the roads. Well, I mean, he and like 2,000 other people uh, was talking about the fact that as they prepared for the operation, they began to execute last night and are definitely in earnest executing right now. They said they're going to go as fast as they can. They want to clear the roads. They want to resalt the roads. But there are going to be changing conditions today, and we'll get to that in the weather forecast. We're going to do everything that we can to apply some salt and plow the snow, recognizing because the precipitation is going to be changing so quickly, there's still going to be icy road conditions. And the sidewalks also will still be icy in some situations. So drive according to the weather conditions, drive slowly, and give yourself plenty of time. Yeah, and you know what? It is not going to be by our analysis. And, you know, should this change as the morning continues, we'll continue to update you because we got traffic every 15 minutes. And when circumstances warrant, we do it even more frequently. 
Um, but it does seem that we're kind of on top of things right now. It's going to be slower, a little slipperier, but it's not one of those days where everybody's going to slide into the ditch. However, as Lisa Morales was just saying, if you drive like an idiot, you may end up in the ditch or in the way of some people. I was certainly watching and, you know, it's no fault to um, most of the people, except if you have not ever put on the proper tires for winter. But yesterday afternoon was one of those days where things conspire. And Avenue Road and Young Street, for example, as you approach St. Clair, uh, people were going sideways. And um, it was a pretty messy situation. This morning, not quite so much. So uh, a couple of things we're going to touch on when we hook up with our friends at CP24. Our uh, sister television station, as you may know, every morning at 5.15, roughly, we appear on CP24. And we'll talk about a new report out that confirms something you probably already knew, that uh, the TTC is increasingly a more dangerous place to be. And, you know, what was it, a couple of days ago, somebody was attacked with a broken beer bottle. And it's like, what the heck is going on here? All right, time for what Toronto's talking about with News Talk 1010's John Moore. John, I'm glad to see that you've made it uh, safely to work, as have I. Uh, so let's talk about that winter storm which moved in yesterday. As a result, people are digging out. There are bus cancellations, the Go Transit, TTC. No, I think it's just Go Transit. That's on a reduced schedule. Yeah, as Bill just said, uh, more or less on target in terms of snow accumulation, 10 to 15 centimeters. I think we may have ended up being a little lucky in terms of the window where the snow was coming down. My commute, which is not a long one, I come from midtown to downtown, and most of the roads, are they're not bare, but they're also not treacherous. Mm -hmm. uh, but as you know, Bill was reporting, Nick Dixon coming in from Burlington, Lisa Morales coming in from Caledon, and they said it was a little bit slow. So people have to prepare for that this morning. But the operation to clear the snow is definitely completely underway. It takes about two and a half hours to do a full pass. And as the day continues, uh, we'll probably improve considerably. Go Transit, as you were mentioning, is working on a reduced schedule and we'll be able to update people when they get back onto their normal schedule. But I think we're in pretty good shape this morning. Yeah, I would agree with you. The roads look pretty plowed uh, driving into downtown and things seem to be okay for now. Let's hope it stays that way. All right, John, let's get to this new report that kind of confirms the trend that we were seeing, which was this uh, rise in violent incidents against TTC passengers. You're absolutely right. This is just confirmation of something a lot of people have feared. And as a matter of fact, a lot of people expressing fears about even being on the TTC these days. We had a woman who was fatally stabbed. We've had people pushed onto the tracks. The figures show that there were 145 violent incidents in December on the TTC. That brings us to a total of 1,068 incidents in 2022. Now, the TTC will point out that's out of three uh, 318 million Mm -hmm. rides, so it's relatively rare. But I think for anybody who hears about a story of somebody being attacked with a broken bottle, which happened in the last few days on the TTC, they begin to think, yeah, maybe I'll walk or maybe I'll take the car. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And also, uh, I think a man was recently pushed onto the tracks as well. So uh, that's terrifying. All right, John, turning to this now, former uh, Toronto Police Chief Mark Saunders considering a run for mayor now that John Tory has resigned. 
this is going to be a wide open race. I mean, nobody expected this race to happen for another three and a half years. And now all of a sudden, uh, on the 29th of March, we're going to declare the mayor's seat vacant. Then there is a 45-day period for nominations. So as Jennifer uh, McKelvey uh, said on News Talk 1010 and CP24 yesterday, she's the deputy mayor, currently the acting mayor, uh, we are probably not going to have a new mayor until midsummer. So pretty well anybody can get into the race. And I would imagine there's some heavy hitters who are probably mm. pushing Mark Saunders, former police chief, to run. He ran for the Conservatives, mind you, for Queen's Park and lost in the last election cycle. So I don't know, perhaps he doesn't want to be twice burned. Mm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, all the faces that do run for mayor, and now they've got more time to plan their campaigns. All right, John, uh, yes. I've heard of a lot of Honda CRVs, Lexuses, Toyotas being stolen, uh, but now about more than 130 Dodge Ram trucks have been stolen in York region. Isn't this extraordinary? Mm -hmm. I mean, that is an awful lot of uh, vehicles, and if you add up the dollar value of those vehicles, which are probably, you know, stolen off of the streets, occasionally, you know, it's one of those things that happens at knife point or gunpoint, but for the most part, it's people having their vehicles stolen out of the driveway, but they're loaded up into containers and shipped off to other countries and sold off. But York Region Police now say 3,200 vehicles were stolen in the region last year, and as you mentioned, 131 of them were uh, Ram trucks. So clearly there's a, there's a second market mm. for those vehicles. Yeah, okay, interesting there. And let's end on this one. Look, Florida has uh, been known to ban some interesting things. <laughs> they have some interesting rules, but now they're trying to ban dogs from sticking their heads out of windows? Do you figure they've run out of things to legislate <laughs> against? I mean, you know, Seth Meyers has a whole routine that he calls Because Florida, because crazy things happen in Florida. But they are actually moving. There's a state senator named Lauren Book who wants to ban the practice of allowing dogs to stick their heads out of windows. I don't know about you, Jennifer, but I love dogs sticking their heads out of windows. My guy's a little small, so he uh -huh. doesn't do it. Um, but I just always think that's a dog living his best life. Oh, absolutely. They don't look happier when they have their head out of the window and they're playing like a song like Born Free or something. Okay. News Talk 1010's John Moore. Hopefully they don't do that ban here in the city. We'll chat with you tomorrow. Have a safe Thursday. Take care. Okay. Jennifer Shang over at CP24. Imagine getting to the bottom of everything that needs to be done in a jurisdiction and deciding that that is a legislative priority, banning dogs from sticking their heads out of windows. And, you know, my challenge whenever somebody comes up with an idea like that is, okay, tell me why this is a problem. Do we have a record of dogs falling out of vehicles? Is it that they are a distraction to other drivers? I don't know. But I have to say, you know, we probably two or three days a week eat at a restaurant on Young Street and sit at the window and I love watching the people coming and going and one of the things I love is when a car goes by and there's a dog sticking its head out the window. So the idea of legislating against that just seems a little eccentric to say the least. Well here's the thing though, apparently the punishment is not a traffic infraction, it's basically a moving violation. A moving violation, okay. And who gets the ticket? I mean, 
I guess, the dog owner because you can't give the ticket to the dog. You can try. It's yeah. Florida after all. Maybe what we need to do is we should call Clayton Greenway, our favorite animal expert and veterinarian, because I've seen coverage in the past of why it is dogs like sticking their head out the window, but I don't remember what the conclusion was. I guess they're just sniffing at everything, watching everything. Uh, but it also reminds me, and we'll talk about this in greater detail because we got to take a break and get ready for the half-hour headlines and traffic. Um, but uh, Alex Colville, the Canadian painter, one of his preoccupations was why do people take their dogs with them in the car? Like, why do they assume that the dog is going to enjoy that? And yet it seems the dog does. You're listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. on a Thursday morning, and I don't want to exaggerate the situation and tell you everything's fantastic, but things could have been worse, let's put it that way, in terms of the window when the snow was coming down. Just going back and forth via text with Bill Coulter, meteorologist at CP24, he says, looks like they got 16 centimeters at Pearson. And so accumulation, depending on where you are, anywhere between about 10 and 16 centimeters, maybe moving a bit north, uh, a little bit more. But it all began to taper off at such a point where the plows and the salters seem to be getting on top of the situation. I'm hearing from a lot of people this morning who are saying things are slow, but they're not treacherous, dangerous. You're not driving, you know, it's not a white knuckle drive. Somebody else asked, uh, are you sure about that business of uh, two and a half hours to clear the streets? Okay. Um, that's to clear the major stuff that is to, you know, east, west, north, south. But when you get into a street like the one I live on, for example, I don't imagine a plow is going to hit that thing. Well, we're a little different because we have a fire hall on our street. Um, but your average side street is probably still going to be a little bit slippery and snow accumulated up until the noon hour. But the operation is and has been actually for hours, but is well underway. And yeah, sure, maybe pour an extra coffee and take your time getting to the office. But I don't think it's going to be one of those days where... Kerry Schmidt is uh, is telling us that there's 250 cars in the ditch. Now, some morons are going to fishtail and skid out, but for the most part, I think we're going to be okay. So Lisa Morales will continue to update the traffic every 15 minutes. She's going to be here at 545 to let you know how things are going. Uh, as Jess Kieran was saying, we'll know whether or not school boards are canceling buses shortly. I don't tend to dwell on school bus cancellations as much as I used to because most parents are in contact in real time via all kinds of digital platforms with their schools, with the teachers, with the school bus operators. Um, But still, should we get any, we will share them with you. Uh, Speaking of Jess Kieran, this is the, the craziness of the times we have lived in for the last two and a half, almost three years, as a matter of fact, because we are rapidly approaching, I got to go look at the uh, archive, rapidly approaching the third anniversary of the declaration of the pandemic. And we got so used to the craziness of those times because it was like, I mean, the, the one thing I will never, ever forget was 
talking with people in the financial sector and they were saying, we hear that we are going to experiment with working from home. And then there was an order in some financial institutions and, and financial is just because they're one of the most um, rigorous workplaces. Um, and then they came up with this idea, okay, we're going to have a one day experiment with working from home. Let's see what happens. And next thing you know, everybody was working from home and then they were doing it for a year. And that was insane. Uh, but all of this to say, Jess Karen, how long Joe Cristiano has Jess Karen been anchoring the morning news? Uh, she was in for, uh, Matt leave, um, because she was replacing somebody on mat leave. And so she's been here for a good long time. A year now. A year. Okay. We met her for the first time yesterday. <laughs> I have never met Jess Kieran. And not only that, but Joe Cristiano and I went up to our offices yesterday in Scarborough. And it was like we were, it was like first contact in a Star Trek episode. And uh, there, all these people came running out of their offices. One of them actually confessed in so many words, they were lonely. They said, oh my God, visitors. We're downtowners. I, I guess so. But there was, th people were so delighted us, at us being there. It was almost like they were hostages. And I don't know, I was, I was looking for the black dot on the palm of their hand to tell me that they were in distress and we had to try and extricate them from our Scarborough offices. Also met Michelle Dubay yesterday, and I forgot to congratulate her. Michelle Dubay is the anchor of the noontime newscast on SIFTO uh, and uh, of the 6 o'clock with Nathan Downer. And I forgot to congratulate her and Nathan on the fact that they've been nominated for a Canadian Screen Award. Once again, my work as Angry Businessman number three has not been recognized by the Canadian Screen Awards uh, Academy. Did you ever get nominated for one, what was it, Weatherman number one or something? Yeah. You know, my favorite was, I was in a movie called Witchboard 3, which is, I mean, like Witchboard 1 was crap. So how did we get to 3? Uh, but I played a newscaster and I was dubbed. <laughs> I think it's actually not because my performance was crap, which it may have been. I actually think it was because something had changed in the script, and so they needed to replace what I said. Uh, but very quickly, because we got to get to all kinds of news items, uh, my favorite moment from shooting that movie was I was in what's called the green room, which is where you get ready to go and do the show. And this woman stepped out of the dressing area dressed as a police officer. And I said, that looks great, but I don't think a police officer would wear those earrings. And she said, I am a police officer. <laughs> okay. Um, in the Toronto Municipal Race, and this is more for the pundits than for anybody else. I don't know what I think of it yet. I like Mark Saunders. I liked him while he was the police chief. I'm not convinced that he's necessarily the star candidate for mayor of Toronto that some backers may think that he is. But one of the news stories this morning is confirmation that Mark Saunders, former chief of police of Toronto, is exploring a run for Toronto mayor. One of the things you need to know about how, maybe you already do, but how these things work is there are these kinds of sort of undeclared groups of people left and right who go out and look for a candidate that they want to back. And so the left 
is going to settle eventually on a candidate. And, you know, Josh Matlow probably hopes that it's him because I think Josh Matlow is running. The right will settle on a candidate. Is it Mark Saunders? Is it Brad Bradford? Brad Bradford has gone from zero to 60 in like two weeks. Um, I think that he may be an establishment candidate. And then we'll talk more about this column a little later on, but Ed Keenan at the Toronto Star writes about the fact and kind of confirming something that we've talked about on the show over the last, ever since John Tory stepped aside, this is a wide open race. I mean, people were preparing to run in three and a half years and now boom, a comparison I've made is it's like a running race, but the starter's pistol went off while everybody was still in the locker room. So it's anybody's race to run in and it's anybody's race to win. And I, I would challenge anybody to make a firm prediction about who's going to be the mayor of Toronto on Labor Day. Um, but it's also, this is an opportunity. You know, this is an opportunity for people who have uh, very little public profile, people who have very little establishment support, people who have not a lot of track record necessarily to run, to be measured, and perhaps to win. Subscribe today and always hear the latest episode of The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. We do have some uh, bus cancellations. Uh, Simcoe County, I'm imagining that's all boards. Uh, Halton District and Halton Catholic District. Hamilton, Wentworth, Niagara Region. So not entirely surprising since we seem to cancel school buses at the drop of a hat, but maybe that's better. Although I always imagine that you know, as soon as your school bus is canceled, what do you do? You jump in the car. So then you've got all of these cars converging on all of these schools. Well, right after six o'clock, generally the GTA boards, York, Durham, yeah. Peel and Toronto issue their alert. So I'm keeping an eye on it for you. OK, good. We'll continue to update that and we'll update it on our website as well. You know, um, we're still sort of talking mayoral issues. When I arrived home from my week off at Pearson Airport, I came in through the international uh, wing. And you probably know this, that there are pictures of three mayors. Because the, the airport, Pearson Airport, is actually located across multiple municipalities. So there's a picture of the mayor of Brampton, Patrick Brown. There's a picture of the mayor of Mississauga, Bonnie Crombie. And there's a picture of John Tory. And as I saw that, remember, I arrived home on Saturday. Friday night, John Tory had resigned. And I just thought, oh, that's kind of sad. I wonder, you know, when that's coming down. Well, nobody knows quite who did it because it was rather a crude operation. But somebody put basically you know, like bag paper and paper bag paper over John Tory's portrait. And somebody from the airport went and took it down. But it is undeniable that they are going to go in there and uh, take down that portrait. It's just one aspect of the transfer of office, I guess. Does it mean they're going to put up a picture of Jennifer McKelvey? Or are they just going to leave it blank pending the outcome of the election? We made some news yesterday morning on our show. Um, the deputy mayor made our show her first stop in what I call a getting to know you tour. And one of the things she confirmed was that she is not going to exercise her powers 
in order to call an emergency meeting of council in order to declare John Tory's seat vacant. So that means here we are, it's February 23rd. It won't be until the 29th of March that we begin the procedure of selecting a new mayor. And so they'll declare the mayor's seat vacant. Then you get into the business of nominations, and that's going to be a fascinating process to see who sidles up to the city clerk's office and files their papers. Then that closes. Then we have to have a campaign, and then ultimately we'll elect a new mayor. And then that mayor will have to establish their team, um, establish themselves in the office of the mayor, and adopt their own agenda. And I don't know who it's going to be. This is you know, what I was saying earlier in the half hour, and I kind of like what Ed Keenan is saying, that it could be anybody's race to win. Uh, if it's Brad Bradford, it's probably very much straightforward John Tory's agenda. If it's Josh Matlow, if it's Olivia Chow, um, who knows who's going to run? Mitzi Hunter apparently is mulling a run then maybe things change quite significantly. Maybe the budget gets amended. Maybe the uh, police $50 million injection gets uh, pulled back. Um, here's one municipal issue we're going to be talking about on the show this morning. And that is that there's a bit of a, well, there's actually a significant pushback um, over an initiative to establish a concert venue at Hanlon's Point. And this is apparently this is part of Toronto Island master plan. And I guess I just never read the master plan. Um, but listen, it, if you're not familiar with this, I mean, it's like a, a cultural touchstone, especially for the gay community. But the beach at Hanlon's is, a, is sort of a very romantic, very tranquil place. And there is an idea of putting a concert venue there and throwing festivals and cultural events, which I think is the dumbest idea hatched in this city in a good long time. Um, you know, I don't know why everybody thinks that if you have, uh, you know, a certain place in the city that is popular with a certain group of people, that you have to find a way to factor that by 10 and make it a bigger venue. And the idea of establishing a concert venue on an island that would only be accessible by ferry, where people would have to arrive by ferry and leave by ferry, and inevitably some people would probably miss the ferry and end up trapped on the island having to get water, whatever. Like, why would you put a concert? We have concert venues, and we have places where we could build new concert venues if we need new concert venues. I already find accessing the amphitheater and I forget, is it the Budweiser stage now? What do we, yes? Okay, Nick is, is nodding his head. It's like I'm one of those guys who still can't keep up with the fact that it's the Scotiabank Arena. Um, and it's not Skydome anymore. So, you know, if we, I, I already have an issue with the Budweiser uh, amphitheater, which as a venue, I love, but getting to and from it is a complete and utter nuisance. And if we could just put in a streetcar spur, that would be fantastic. But the idea of building a brand new concert venue on an island, taking away the somewhat bucolic nature of a very popular beach in Toronto, 
I don't know who thinks that's a good idea. If you do, you can text me at 71010. That's The Breakfast Wrap. Thanks a lot for listening. My name is John Moore. I hope we'll talk again soon. You've been listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Don't forget to subscribe and get the latest episode from wherever you get your podcasts. And listen weekday mornings from 5 to 9 on News Talk 1010.